Welcome to the Marketing in the Wild podcast. I'm Julia from Stratus Creative Marketing, where we are obsessed with finding real life in the wild stories about business and marketing. Everybody, I am excited to introduce you to my friend Kamiya and fellow Salt Lake, Utah business owner. Um, she and I met when I visited her store. And Kamiya, I don't even know if you know this, but my best friend um, loves stationery, loves cards. And that is how I found your store. She was visiting and I was like, I've got to find all the stationery places uh, or all the card places. And that's how I ended up at your shop. So, um, Kamiya, tell us a little bit about you and where you live and a little bit about Chosen Creative. Yes, Julia, thank you for thank you for having <laughs> me on. I was super excited to talk to you today. And it's so good to see your face after so long. I know. It's been several years. Um, so my I'm Kamiya Johnson. I own Chosen Creative Stationery and I own the Utah Letter Writing Club. We write letters of hope, love, and encouragement to the world. Um, and of course, letter writing and stationery go hand in hand. Yeah. And um, the tagline for my business is we believe in the power of the pen. Mm. So writing is a powerful medium. Um, the science behind it is that it, it helps reduce suicide. And this is a true study that was done in the 1960s really? veterans coming back from the war. And I just, at, through, through studying the medium of writing and letter writing, it just, we're captivated by it through history mm -hmm. and the most famous letters that survived move us, mm -hmm. you know, and they move us to action and they tell a story that's passed. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I, that's what I wanted to do. And I love cards, just like your friend. I love cards. <laughs> I love stationery. And we were lacking that in Utah. I'm not mm -hmm. saying we don't have other stationers that design cards, but <clears throat> we just do not have a really uh, very large presence here. But the Utah letter writing club is part of a global correspondence society. So it's actually a huge movement cool. and um, we're the only one in Utah. So okay. that's what I do. And I wholesale my line nationwide. We're in the Salt Lake airport. We're expanding with the Salt Lake airport also. No way. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to look yeah. for you in the Salt Lake airport next time I fly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that is cool. Um, I agree with you. I feel like it's interesting that they did that study and especially in Utah, how um, like Utah for everybody who doesn't know like we have higher rates of suicide it's a it's a real big problem here and so how cool to bring that the power of the pen into this state that really needs it um one of my favorite cafes in madison wisconsin it's called short stack eatery they have glass tops and every time somebody writes a letter they slip it in and so people, like you can be sitting at your table reading other people's postcards and notes. Um, they'll put like ticket stubs in there. Like just, it's so fun. And some of them are so old. And it just is like, there is something about that, like about it, having it written down that makes it more meaningful. So it preserves our moments mm -hmm. in time. And as moms mm -hmm. and dads, it's important that we preserve some things for our children, some things that are left unsaid, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So it, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love it. I love that. Well, yeah. I'm from the Midwest also. <laughs> I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I don't so think I, I knew that. Stuff. Oh my gosh. That's yes, awesome. I'm from Des Moines. And my sister went to University of Northern Iowa, which okay. is, she had yeah. a lot of friends from Wisconsin. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. So when I first moved here, 
way back. My mom moved us here in the eighth grade. And then I ended up getting married after I graduated and uh-huh. left and back to Des Moines. Okay. And then lived in the Midwest for about 13 years. And I just came back here. It's been about eight and a half years uh-huh. ago. Um, but you are right. Utah has, there is a mental illness issue here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel as if it's just not yet addressed mm-hmm. or it doesn't want to be addressed or it's not fully, it is being addressed, but not fully. So writing. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I speak to people or when I've gone out and I've spoke, I spoke at the governor's summit last year and I always talk about no one is you. And that is your power mm-hmm. because part of what we go through, and this is what all my entire card line has these messages. Mm -hmm. Part of what we go through is a programming when we're born. It doesn't matter where you're born, you know, little girls, you need to smile. Mm -hmm. Boys are providers. We are Mm -hmm. nurturers. Okay. Although a lot of this is true, Mm -hmm. it's not, we can't be held captive to it. So our brains are constantly being, if we're not careful, we struggle to deal with our past reality and our current reality. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is all societal driven. Mm -hmm. And those are narratives we shouldn't be taking in. And so it does create forms of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so I talk a lot about that. And this diverse business group that I've been, um, it it was a seven part series through the women's business center. um, And they had a lot of sponsors that we, that brought us in and we're teaching business components. Mm -hmm. We're teaching marketing, um, you know, different forms of their business plan writing. But the number one thing I talk about when we're talking about marketing and advertising is if your brand message is not true, Mm -hmm. or if you're trying to be something that you're not, it's very difficult to keep that up. And a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. fail. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's not due to poor planning. It's due to poor messaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how that's like a, a piece of a fact of life of us as people, but then also like these, um, these things like infiltrate into our businesses too. Um, And I just think about like the power of writing with that. I know like I have a business coach who's like, write it down. Like every time he's like, write it down. Like there is something about not just saying it, but a different medium. Um, And I even think about your work and all of that you're doing. I save cards that mean something to me like and I look back through them um because when I need something like or some encouragement um and there are people who were pivotal when I was in high school like people who were pivotal like my mom like different people who have been influencers in my life Mm -hmm. um and having those things to look at over and over again is just a beautiful beautiful thing so I'm curious, tell us like, what was your journey? Like, how did you end up doing Chosen Creative and the Utah Writing Club? So back in 2009, I owned a business with, I was married for a very long time and I owned a business with my ex-husband and I I was one of the first wave of Etsy sellers. I did all wedding invitations online and locally too. Uh Yeah. And I loved, I, I started getting into uh, well, first of all, I was an executive uh-huh. with with City Financial. I worked for an oil and ga- their oil and gas division, and I um, was you know part of system three system conversions and two buyouts. Wow. And you know, I mm-hmm. I really had this great career in finance, and I I had gone into mortgages. So my background was not this. Yeah, <laughs> <And when> my, <laughs> but I always scrapbooked, and uh-huh. you know, and I I I always I I always 
drew as a kid. I was drawing constantly and mm -hmm. loved art and would enter, my grandma would enter me into art competitions. So I had that in me and I had a teacher around the sixth grade tell me I wasn't very good at it. Oh, so I kind of dropped <laughs> no. it. Right. And, but I was great at running teams and leadership. And, um, so it was when my children were little, we were living in Kansas city, Missouri, and I, I had gone to work in their Christian Academy because they were going to a private Christian Academy. And cause my husband at the time, he was traveling a lot with business. Mm -hmm. So I needed to be more mom. My kids were little. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, um, Mrs. Johnson, we don't have anybody to do our invitations for all of our galas. And, you know, and we don't have anybody to put together the graphics for the mm -hmm. newsletter. And I'm like, what, what, how, <laughs> you know, but you know, nonprofits, oh. you're always, lacking money so you have to they throw whoever is available oh, sure. in to learn that's how I got into social media I was the only I was the youngest person I come from a nonprofit background and so yes. I was always the youngest person and they were like well she must know how to do social then <laughs> so yeah. it's true yes. I hate those stereotypes but yes I agree with those stereotypes <laughs> right before this I'm calling my 22 year old up like mm -hmm. hey I can't get the mic to work <laughs> She's like, I don't even know what you want me to tell you. I've never seen that microphone. Where was it? Oh my gosh. That's oh, so awesome. anyway, um, I just started, I, there was a gentleman on staff. He had come out of retirement. His name is Keith Shepard and he was an illustrator for Disney, Pixar, and then Hallmark. Wow. And he's part of the Negro League um, artist in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And he just took me under his wing and he's like, Camille, you can do this. He said, there's so many graphic designers that come out of school that have zero talent. Mm -hmm. He's like, but you actually have some. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. And he nurtured me and, you know, I would run things by him. And so it was one afternoon, the director of the school, who was also the pastor's wife, because it was a huge mm -hmm. ministry. Yeah. They had a printing center in there. And that's how <laughs> I learned how to print. Wow. I mean, you're thrown in, right? Yeah. And he said to me, uh, well, they said to me that the pastor and his wife said, are you sure you've never done this before? You're really good at it. Wow. And that is what I, my message is to people is there are crumbs that get laid mm -hmm. down through your life. And if you are too consumed with who you are supposed to be, you think you're supposed to be within a societal structure, you will actually miss your calling. Yeah. Because it's in every job you've taken, or it's in every movement you've made. Mm -hmm. And those things that you're attracted to are not random. Mm -hmm. They're part of you for a reason. And I slowed down to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And as I was exiting, because we were we had moved to a different part of Kansas City. And if anyone's ever been there, it's it is huge. Yeah. I mean, we have an NFL team. It's not like here. It's right. not like Salt Lake. <laughs> You know, although we are growing, it's nowhere in right. comparison to a mm -hmm. Kansas City. So we had moved. That ministry now became almost an hour away. So I launched my own business. And from there, I used everything that I had learned. Now, it made no sense. Yeah. I should have gone <laughs> back into executive work or right. gone back into being a loan officer because I was always in finance and sales. Uh-huh. But I paid attention and I quieted myself to to try and learn about what I, I, I honed the craft. Mm -hmm. What I love about your story is just how people spoke beautiful words of life 
and like belief into you to like counter your sixth grade teacher who I am like, oh, want to slap her in the face. Um, but, <laughs> um, but they, they spoke these beautiful words and now you're turning around and have almost done that with your business and with your work to speak words or in this case, write words that speak life into other people. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, because it's important for us to fill each other up mm-hmm. because there's so much tearing down. And I do believe like the suicide rates in the state of Utah, I know this is not the topic, but I, I think it's important that we always pull in a little bit of mental health is yeah. that they're amongst men mainly. Mm-hmm. And I I believe that we all struggle with these forms of reality that society has built for us mm-hmm. because there are literally... And I don't know if this is okay to say, Julia, but I'm whatever you want. There are two gospels in mm-hmm. this earth. Mm-hmm. There is the gospel of the earth, and then there's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is, it, you, you can cut this out if you want to, but Julia, between you and me, there are two narratives playing. Mm-hmm. And the narrative of the world tells specifically women because our our I wrote a book during COVID called Identity Mark, and it I came across this research in regards to traits in America and what are the 10 leading traits that we actually are that are programmed Mm -hmm. into us and for women the number one trait is beautiful and for men the number one trait is provider Mm -hmm. but there's some sickening thought processes that come along with that because every 10 years we're told as women this is what the narrative of beautiful looks like Mm -hmm. in the early in the early 1900s all the way through the 60s it was how curvy you could be right Mm-hmm. So a t- size 12 and 14, sometimes a 16, very voluptuous and beautiful. By the time the 60s set in, it was extremely anorexic. It was twiggy. Mm-hmm. She was the face of mm-hmm. beauty. Right. So it was anorexic and thin. And and for men, it, it, their, their conversations look like, well, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. And if they don't measure up financially, there's a whole different form of dysfunction that comes in mentally for them. Mm-hmm. And these are real traits. Uh, my daughter was in a communications class and brought home these lists of traits, and she was so appalled by them. She And the teacher even said, I get pushback every time, but this is part of the cu- curricula. This is part of the communication curriculum. Mm-hmm. So we're taught a curriculum. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, it will make the mind sick because it's not stable. Mm-hmm. So writing is a form of stability. Totally. Totally. There's something about like sitting down, slowing down, writing things down. Um, that really brings your mind to the present. Like, I think that's why even like our, my therapist is always like, you should like journal more. Like I'm not a very good journaler, but like, (laughs) she's like, when, but when I do journal, it is powerful, like, and it is effective. So I'm curious, um, you have been through a lot, even before we started recording, you were telling me like, we haven't seen each other since before 2020. So you were telling me, Hey, a lot of things have changed. Like, had a shop now I don't have a shop like and it's a good thing Uh, but tell me about your business trajectory what has been some of the hardest things about business so I took my business my line I developed a a stationary line so the hardest part with the stationary well uh, the easiest part was creating everything Uh the hardest part was will everyone like it (laughs) yes (laughs) you know because you could produce and produce Mm -hmm. and produce but that doesn't mean people are going to like it so 
what I did was I started in the beginning, the hardest part was how do I test the product? Mm -hmm. And so I designed 300 products. And I mean, this was cards. 300. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You know, with different Uh messages and, and a lot of them I liked. I I had a large notepad Uh line of notepads and I had a large sticker line Uh and and it was necessary. And I just had like a few of each of these. So it uh-huh. wasn't like I was swimming right. in overhead. Okay. Um, but because of my background, I knew how to create it all without yeah. having to pay someone to, yeah. to do mock-ups for me. Yes. So I rented some space in some local vintage shops, just these co-ops. There's tons of cool. co-ops yeah. in the state of Utah. Uh-huh. And I rented a space and I was able, in my space, I was able to design a shop. Right. Like Uh my look, I was honing my look Uh and it evolved. It evolved throughout the the few years. I tested this out in several shops and while I tested it, this is what I was able to do. Okay. This product is not selling. I'm going to clearance it. Uh This product is, so I'm going to develop another card within that line. So I was able to hone it, uh, to narrow it down to a hundred products. And that's all I keep even to this day. So like right now, I want to say I'm at 106, but it's because I'm about to retire a couple of okay. cards that uh-huh. aren't really selling this year, right? right? Mm-hmm. But I have a core line that I keep going mm-hmm. all the time. So then it's not like you're like you're keeping what's selling. And so you're yes. at 106 now, but it's because you've created fresh things. So it's Correct. not like you're also staying static either. Correct. Mm-hmm. I And I update products, but the new products I bring in, I retire some of the older ones that were slowing down. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to my analytics, like what's happening mm-hmm. or through my wholesale website, what are people returning, which I don't have a high return rate, right. but there has been a couple of the notepads that people are like, I just feel like the price point's a little too high. So I'm listening, mm-hmm. right? And these are for the shops around the nation. So that was the number one, that was the hardest thing was testing that line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and being honest with myself, just because I love it, people <laughs> spoke, you know? So, like, in know, the end, you do have to do what your customers want. So, yeah. <laughs> but I stay true to me. And the hardest thing with any business, I believe this in my heart just by working with small businesses, because I work with a lot of small businesses in Utah. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing is staying true to yourself mm-hmm. and not being swayed in a direction that is not who you are as a business owner and Mm -hmm. who your products are. Um, So many businesses get off in all these wild market segments because business goes slow. So then they're like, well, I'm going to try this and I'm going to, I'm going to pull in this. Well, sadly they get off in too many market segments Mm -hmm. and that's how businesses go under. And, or that's how the message gets confusing Mm -hmm. to the public. And so, and even like this week, this is perfect timing because even this week, uh, my team and I have been talking about what about our own marketing? Like, what do people know us for? Like, what do we want them to know us for? Um, and I think it's so good to step back every so often and say, okay, because I agree, like, sometimes we test new things and then we find out, okay, that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> and like, let's realign. And so I think it's what I love about what you're doing is you're testing things and then measuring them and then deciding, okay, am I, am I being true or am I, do I need to like realign myself? Mm -hmm. And you have to be honest with yourself. And that's a really hard thing to do sometimes because offense can set in Mm -hmm. when the public is not supporting you and, Mm -hmm. or, or when your products aren't selling. And it's just a humbling moment to say, I thought that was a really good idea, but Mm -hmm. it did not work and I will abandon it. And so the one thing I learned early on 
is just to abandon it very quickly Mm -hmm. and then keep moving. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was being with my messaging, pulling in my true identity, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm, I have strong faith. Mm And I had to make a decision early on was I, was I going to say whatever, what certain people would love me for? Cause I won't say certain things, mm-hmm. which sometimes limits some of your mm-hmm. selling ability. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But the things I do say mm-hmm. was the right things. And I, I'm so authentic mm-hmm. that I had to be authentic to myself. And so some of the products that I had been asked to make throughout the years, I had declined, meaning like, um, I mean, I'll help, I'll help anybody mm-hmm. because I, I, I love and support the public. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had to be careful saying, um, you know, I don't believe that the universe brings you things. Mm-hmm. I believe that the Lord brings you things. Mm-hmm. And so that limited some of the stuff I, I could do, but in a good way, right. Mm-hmm. I stayed true to my brand message. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, and yeah. I think what's beautiful about that is like you, we all have the ability to choose. And so, like you had the ability to choose like what is more important to me like authenticity or pleasing the people like um and in that case it was like authenticity and i think that that is extremely important cuz somebody else might have landed a different way but yes. if that's what's authentic to them like by all means like go for it and and i all messages i i never mm-hmm. i i try really hard not to discredit anybody's messages but i knew for me and what, when I speak to a class of business owners, I always say, lay out your values first. Mm-hmm. Right. You, those have to be laid out. And they, they cannot be a narrative that's given to you by this world. Mm-hmm. You must lay out your values. And when you do, it's easier to say, you know what? I, that's, not what I, that's not what I stand for. I was mm-hmm. the board chair for the Women's Business Center of Utah mm-hmm. during the some of the most, some of some very pivotal years. Mm-hmm. They've had many pivotal years right. in the 25 years totally. they've been in business, mm-hmm. right? But it was during COVID. Right. And so we had some decisions to make, right? Like and and some of the messaging was going in a different direction because you know all these things were happening, so what to address? And it was so beautiful that they sat down and really looked at their values and built their values mm-hmm. out and just said, if it doesn't go with these values, we we don't, we can't address everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing I did. I could not address everything. Mm-hmm. I had to continue to stay true to my brand message, to myself, um, to being good to people, mm-hmm. to looking at why we do things to people mm-hmm. and what values we follow. So for me, my values are important and I try now I've made mistakes. Yeah. We all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. I have done business sometimes with, uh, sometimes with, you know, cause it, after I closed my shop, mm-hmm. I said, I'm never retailing again, not mm-hmm. in this capacity. I love these three things, producing, mm-hmm. selling wholesale and nurturing those relationships. Yeah. And it's difficult, it's difficult to stay true to those three things mm-hmm. when you're also front facing to the public in a retail space. Totally. So I want to nurture those relationships that mm-hmm. these small businesses that order from me or these large businesses like the At- Atlanta Botanical Gardens was a cool. client for many years. That's awesome. Yeah. And Joan Cusack, like I told mm-hmm. you before the call, she's ordered twice. That's awesome. And I want to nurture at those relationships, mm-hmm. you know? 
Wow. And how cool that like you had that opportunity to pivot. And again, like you and I talked, like you had the opportunity and got to sit down and say, okay, this is what I actually love. Like I got to try something new. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, That's awesome. So I'm curious, what are some of the, what, what are some of the best things about owning a business? So for me, it's meeting so many different people and hearing their experience with my cards or on social media when they just say, oh my gosh, because I, I, I don't show my face a lot. Mm-hmm. I have to really get used to maybe taking a selfie every now and again mm-hmm. and being okay with the fact that I don't use filters. Uh-huh. I don't clean anything up. And yeah. will people like me, oh, right? They'll so- love you, Camille. So, <laughs> yes. You know, but it's, that's, a, that's a vulnerability. Uh-huh. So what I loved is as, as I became a little more vulnerable, I was people would reach out to me privately and then publicly and say, thank you for saying that. And oh, or awesome. I have a, a single mom that's raising children. She's, a, mm-hmm. she's also a, um, a Christian. She's a believer in Christ. And she reached out and said, I don't really know what to do because it's a very hard thing to be a mm-hmm. single mom. How do I keep my kids on track or, mm-hmm. or not shove it down their throat, but teach them some values that, mm-hmm. that will help them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I love. Mm-hmm. is when people reach out and I'm able to have some human to human conversations. Right. And so, so the easiest part is being in the public and meeting people and sharing uh-huh. stories and, and learning from them. And mm-hmm. as I'm, is they're learning from me mm-hmm. and do you know, the number one thing that usually happens to me after I've stepped down from speaking, mm-hmm. inevitably a man always approaches me and says, I'm raising daughters. What is your advice? Oh, that's a beautiful, like, that's a beautiful question, first of all, and a beautiful compliment, too, that somebody sees you as a trusted source for that. And I wasn't ready for it, yeah. though, at first. <laughs> <laughs> so I replay some uh-huh. of the stuff, and I'm like, I have to be better prepared for that. <laughs> I was never expecting that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? That's beautiful. Um, but, that's what I love most mm-hmm. is that you don't know if you're an impact mm-hmm. or you're creating an impact until someone approaches you. Mm-hmm. So, it's so been that's really what cool. I love mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. I love that. I love, Camille, that your, your work is rooted in the value of people, like valuing them, um, seeing that return on the value in those relationships um, and really like putting pen to paper um, to make it clear that people are valuable. Um, I love that. So as we close out, I'm curious, like you do a lot of mentorship, so this should come easy to you, but if you were to give somebody who's just starting on their entrepreneurial journey, some advice, what might that be? Honor who you are as a person and don't be ashamed to not know everything. Mm-hmm. I watch people instead of being okay with receiving advice from people in the community or trusted business sources, they I, I see shame sometimes mm-hmm. set in like, mm-hmm. why didn't I know all of that? Or I'm yeah. really embarrassed to ask that. Don't be mm-hmm. embarrassed. All of us, you are not an entrepreneur if you're not waking <laughs> up at three o'clock in the morning screaming, okay? If you are not worried on occasion, you're not <laughs> doing it right. So <laughs> 
it gets scary sometimes and mm-hmm. be okay asking for help. None of us mm-hmm. know everything. Totally. I have people who pour into my life that I, mm-hmm. I need, I need that iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. too. I need them to say to me, it, that's okay that, that, that went that way. Yeah. Like I, in early on, in, so it was the third year I was in business. I had my shop open for about mm-hmm. a year. A gentleman had approached me and asked me to create, you know, create, this is the other thing I got out of, I got out of designing stuff for other people. Mm-hmm. That was just a way of making, generating some extra income. Right. But anyway, this person approached me and I was doing some work for him and it did not go the way that I was very honest in all of it, but this person was not honest mm-hmm. with me. And um, it ended up costing, it was like a $220 error, oh. but not even that. I couldn't even calculate how much time and energy right. totally. wasted, right? Mm-hmm. And a mentor said to me, at least it was a $220 mistake and not a $20,000 mistake. Because mm-hmm. I was really hard on myself that mm-hmm. why did I not see that this person was like that? The warning signs were there. But because I love people, and sometimes I value them more than they value me mm-hmm. because it's a devaluing that, mm-hmm. that right, that we're all trying to get past and how to honor one another mm-hmm. better. It's a totally. real dishonor. Yeah. That I made this mistake and I have made others. I right. mean, not with, oh, you know, just me too. with, mm-hmm. with not staying true to my value system and then having to come back and forgive myself for mm-hmm. it, you know, for sure. So that would be the advice I would give is I love it. it's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to make them. Please make them. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if sometimes it costs you a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. You'll recover. You will recover. My goodness. Yes. I love and it. Then, and then third, just lean on the people in your circle or the people. And don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you've never met, but that's doing something you want to do and mm-hmm. say to them, can you help me? Tell me, you know, mm-hmm. reach out to people. It's the human experience that you're you're really in, in endeavoring into. Yeah. And that human experience has error. It has trial and error. It has mistakes. It has humble moments. And it has moments of triumph. Mm-hmm. And we all celebrate when you when you do all of those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it. Um, Camille, if people want to find you, how can they connect with you? So I'm at chosencreative.net you can find me on all social media platforms under Mm -hmm. chosen creative and um, you can buy my products in the utah made gift shop inside the salt lake airport okay and i'm gonna be looking we're flying in a month so i'm gonna be looking for that yeah (laughs) i love that partnership it's been awesome that's so fun well kavia thank you so much i appreciate you and even just the words the truth and encouragement that you've shared this time, I feel like um, they're what I needed. And so I'm sure that everybody else who's listening are going to appreciate them too. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Friends, thanks for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I'm so glad that you have. If you've enjoyed it as much as we have, I just ask you to subscribe so you know each time we have a new episode coming out. If you loved our podcast and want to give us a rating or a review, I promise we will read each and every one of them. A special shout out to our friend, Carson Childers, who is producing our podcast. We really appreciate him and all the hard work that he's done for us. Also, thanks to the Stratos team. They have been behind the scenes doing all of the graphic design, brainstorming, etc., etc. Really, this wouldn't be possible without them. I'm thankful for each and every one of you guys. 
Lastly, listener, we'll be back next week, and I hope you will be too.